Well, hello, everyone. Um, welcome to the podcast. My name is First Age, and I'm here to talk bobbins about tabletop role-playing games, and why not? This was designed to be a turn-of-the-new-year podcast, where we're now sort of well, we're careering towards the middle of January, so I failed there. But I still think it's time for me to look back and to look forward with you to, well, gaming ahead in 2022 and a bit of a retro on the old games played in 2021 and what I've found in gaming through the pandemic. So things will be different this year for a range of reasons. If we look at the pandemic, the, the at time of recording, the narrative is switching slightly to endemic rather than pandemic. Live with it. And a lot of that will do with the mixing and the variants to come. So I, I certainly can't predict it. But it's the narrative is certainly switching and changing more to us moving on and accepting it's going to be with us. You know, who am I to say? We'll see how that pans out. But that certainly will affect our gaming years in particular. Uh, what's available face-to-face, and I will come back to that in a moment. The other context for me, and, you know, in my life journey, I suppose, is that I retire at the end of March. Certainly, certainly retiring means that I can rethink a little bit about, I suppose, about who I am, what I'm for, (laughs) if you know what I mean. And certainly it's a move away from my eight till six you know, health information management and IT that I tend to spend my life doing at the moment and more about things that maybe I want to do a little bit for me and indeed for others around me. Uh, it'll give me more time is what I'm hoping. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I've, I've made some plans and some of these are reflected in this podcast because some of those plans are, well, hobby gaming plans. I can maybe do a little bit more on the podcast you know, maybe I can do a little bit more of the videos on YouTube and maybe I can get to play some more and maybe even run some more games and maybe even write some more games. And I'll come back to that a little bit later. But certainly from a context point of view, being retired uh, a little bit early, but, but nevertheless, my, my, I'm able to make that choice. Um, I'm hoping that that's going to lead to a new phase and certainly, certainly influence my gaming year. So... I'm going to start by, I think, looking back rather than looking forward. I'm going to look back to 2021 and the year of gaming. So 2021 has probably followed the pattern of 2020 just a little bit in terms of the type of game that I've played and how I have been gaming. Because with the exception of the Furnace Convention in October, which was face-to-face, I think all my sessions have been online, either regulars or, you know, online convention one-offs. And I've I've mustered 85 sessions in the year, which I think for me is a pretty good haul, to be honest. It, it might even be, it might even have been the year where I've gamed, had the most sessions um, there haven't been there have been online sessions, so they've been a little bit shorter. But in terms of actual play, a lot of actual play has happened for me last year, and I'm I'm really pleased about that. I think I've said before that in these slightly difficult times, it, 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 the hobby has been kind of a bit of a silver lining and something to help to essentially help me through it a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm not embarrassed to admit it. It's been great and. 
um, having these online facilities, I've managed to switch to it and it brings so many advantages that I will be staying with it even if we start to be able to head more towards safe face-to-face play. It's there to stay for me now and I think there's no surprise uh, why that might be. But just very, very quickly, uh, just to recap, I guess, uh, being able to switch on, play, switch off, really helpful, uh, especially I found it really helpful when I was commuting or when I was, and certainly when I'm working, it makes it really, really sort of focused and, and very easy. The other main advantage to me is is that I can play with anyone, you know, anywhere. And that's meant that it's opened up my game into new people. And that's been really, really good for me. And I'm, I'm looking forward to more of that this year. And the facilities themselves, it doesn't have quite the pizzazz of face-to-face play. I really enjoyed going back to face-to-face play with real gamers in a room in Furness, our convention in Sheffield in a local hotel. That was it was special it was great and it, it did remind me how good it is but at the same time you get some great play online maybe i've solidified a little bit around my uh, virtual tabletops i've got some decisions to make which i'll come back to a bit later but yeah i've got a couple of really good t- tabletops not least roll um, roll vtt is just basically a really good video conferencing software I, I feel like i'm with the people much more because it's VC, it's video conference. Yes, I spend all day at work on video conferences on Microsoft Teams. So, you know, it, it, it was really good to meet people face to face, but I do get some great gaming out of it. And the virtual tabletops themselves are coming on all the time. I also use Foundry and, and I use Foundry extensively throughout 2021 when, when, when playing, in fact, running Pathfinder. So there's an awful lot there. As, as to the systems played, well, Again, similar pattern to last year. How was yours, by the way? I mean, how did you find it? Did you get a lot of play in? Have you managed to do, well, if not virtual tabletops, then some sort of virtual play, maybe Discord or uh, Skype or Facebook? I mean, it doesn't really matter what the medium is, but have you have you found a way? Have you have you gone on to play by post, you know, or play by forum or found another way of gaming that works for you? I hope so. I hope you've managed to keep the hobby alive for yourself and and found it enjoyable. For me, well, 85 sessions of the list of systems that I've played, there are three that dominate. And again, listeners to the podcast won't be surprised. Pathfinder 2nd Edition, I think 22 sessions. D&D 5th Edition, 17 sessions. That was all Curse of Strahd and and, and me playing. That that was on Roll20 because... Dom uses Roll20, and 30 sessions of Dungeons & Dragons 4th edition, either the Nentia Vale campaign that I was running, I think that may be about 25 or more sessions, and um, some sessions in the online confer convention that I run online for people. So So together, those three, the Fantasy D20s, have certainly dominated my play, and the rest have been sprinklings, um, a little bit of True 20, um, capping off some play from 2020, really. Old School Essentials, got a, got, a, got a couple of sessions of that in. And then the rest are bits and bats through convention play, uh, through Sunken Lands. We got I got to run some Tripod, which is my own game, which I hope to do more with next year. In fact, this year now, isn't it? Um, Trophy Gold, gave that a shot. Uh, a little bit of A-State, A-State Forged in the Dark. 
Agone, I think it is. Uh, again, that was another f- a great furnace game. A game of Alien. Golgotha. I got to run some Golgotha. And some Degenesis, which I got to the table as well at Furnace. So a sprinkling of other systems. Keep trying, keep looking at new things. But the D&Ds dominated uh, the most. Um, and they're all long-form games. Uh, much longer than I'd expected, actually, <laughs> in a way, for all of them, actually. And I think it'll be the main game that I'll find myself playing in 2022. will probably be, well, we started off, I've had two sessions in this year already, and they've both been 4E. I'm not sure, I, I keep saying I'm not sure how long the 4E game will go. Um, I think it still has some legs. And who knows, maybe that will run through for at least a chunk of this year. The 5th edition game that I'm playing in, Curse of Strahd, yeah... Very hard to say when that will close. Play is, hasn't really managed to get going for a whole range of absolutely fine reasons so far this year. I'm sure it will get going. I've just assumed that it's a fairly longish one still to go. And Pathfinder 2nd Edition, that has probably stopped. Uh, it, it's on pause. I've got the feeling it's one of those pauses that becomes a very long pause, that becomes a bit of a stop, really. And for me, it was just I was just doing too much. Maybe it's something I can come back to uh, after I retire. Could be. And certainly I've really enjoyed running and playing in Pathfinder 2nd Edition. It's it's a great game. Although I think probably my... F- I think 4th Edition Dungeons & Dragons probably has won my heart as the system I love the most of these sort of long-form, epic fantasy-style D&Ds. But they're, they're all high-quality games at the end of the day. I lost none of my enthusiasm last year. Gaming, as I say, a huge bonus for me. And although, you know, still for, still for now, my work is quite heavy, quite draining of my energy, still, I've really, really enjoyed those gaming. So it's been a really good year. I hope yours has been good as well. And, um, well, that's my gaming year. Plenty to go at and plenty more to come. Uh, I'll look forward a little. When I go to the 2022 section, we look forward. We'll see where I think I'm going to go with games. And I, I'm thinking maybe there might be a bit of a change. But now, onward, and let's think about the media empire. Briefly then, yes, the media empire. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of a Jason Connolly-ism, really, media empire. I got it from him. But I do have a bit of one. As a further creative outlet, I have been podcasting and YouTubing. So thank you for joining me on these podcasts. I've also done a little bit of YouTubing, you know, enthusiastic game content about the things that are exciting me at the uh, time of recording moment, whenever that might be. As a consequence, um, certainly on the YouTube channel, there's a lot about 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Um, So much so that I've I've started a hashtag 4E Renaissance movement to channel that enthusiasm. And I must admit, for a bit of a laugh, to be honest, just to sort of smile and, you know, just see how that goes. It's been great fun and it's, it's, it's evoked a great response as well. Now, I've enjoyed the podcast. I've enjoyed the YouTubing. They've been very much just outlets of my creativity, a chance to explore some of the sort of technicalities of how, how it works and how can I get it to work. It's all been, well, it's all been a big plus. certainly hope to keep podcasting and YouTubing throughout this year. If there's any content that you're interested in, if there's things you'd like me to talk about, or there are any topics you want me to go uh, deep diving in, um, or indeed anyone that you'd like me to go off and see if I can get to talk to, let me know. 
just drop me a line and we'll see where we go with it. I think the final piece in the media empire is, is sorry, I can't laughing, uh, is a possible extension um, to a streamed series of online games that may be IGM. Now, uh, I can I can almost feel I can almost feel the reaction. I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I still don't really know whether this is something that I, that I really want to do. I, I I partly like the challenge of it. You know, I've seen a lot of content online. And a lot of it is really good, um, and I'm not just talking about the obvious one like Critical Role, which is absolutely stunningly excellent. But there are many others that are very very good and very very high standard. And there are a lot of different styles. And I've been thinking about, well, if I did want to have a go at this, what would it be for? What, I'd be, what, would, what would I be trying to achieve? I certainly wouldn't be trying to be critical role, obviously, because um, they're, they're, they're just masters of their craft. And there are others that are also very good and right up to that standard. I think, I think where I'd be heading is for an online stream of a game that is probably a little bit more in the style of the Dungeon Musing channel. Uh, it's Kevin Madison's channel. And I think what I like about what Kevin does with the channel is you get a sense that you're sat around a table with gamers. And it's just the back and forth of what you might get in, I'm going to say, a fairly traditional and fairly typical role-playing session. It's not, um, at least I don't think, it's edited particularly for dramatic effect. It is what it is. And, and even with, you know, like a like a five, ten minute comfort break in the middle, you feel like you're there with them. And what you get certainly is some great role play. You get a real sense of the game as well. So you get a feel for the mechanics and how they work. And, you know, even some of the sort of incidental and supplementary chat that goes around a fairly typical session. So you feel like you're, sat, you're sort of sat there with them, really. And I like that. And I think if I'm going to be able to get anywhere with this, I'd like to do that. And I guess with the Roll Virtual Tabletop, what I would be doing is a couple of things. I would be presenting a game. Um, I've got a couple in mind, um, possibly a fourth edition run, just to sort of supplement, if you like, the content I've already got and provide some actual play. Why not? Fourth edition actual play. There is fourth edition actual play out there at the moment live and happening so i wouldn't be the first or anything like that but uh, re relatively unusual or maybe some cepheus deluxe either way i'd run it on roll and use the features of roll so it partly would be showing what, how the game plays it would be providing hopefully a good story and it would be showing something around how roll works from a gm's point of view and you get that as a package and maybe just maybe i might try that so let's look um let's look forward to 2022 then i wonder if you've done the same do you know kind of what you think you want to get out of your gaming this year i've given it some thought and with retirement coming well, about a quarter of the way in I'm, I'm sort of expecting a bumper year of game playing will that actually happen i don't really know i can see you know, evening playing being much easier for me. I'll be less tired. Well, maybe. Um, no pressures in the mornings to concern me. Plus, I can also play, you know, outside of the time zone with a, a little bit more flexibility. I'm GMT. I'm sort of UK based. 
So uh, for me, I don't know, what would we say? Um, an afternoon game, perhaps? Two o'clock? Sounds about right. Cup of tea? So I would need, basically, to play with people who were, for my two o'clock, were about more like seven o'clock, something like in the evening, so that they could start playing. Let me just look at the uh, time zones here. So if I'm starting at two, seven o'clock. Right, right. So I need to befriend people, gamers in central Russia, uh, Kazakhstan. Mm, is there, well, they're, 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 yeah, they're having some troubles at the moment. Uh, Pakistan and uh, Indian gamers. Yeah, sharpish. That's clearly what I need to do. I need to change my focus for afternoon games in sort of central mid-Russia, Asia, around there. Well, yeah, or, or, or maybe not. I don't know. I think part of the new routine will also be writing. I, I hope that some more output will be possible and perhaps a few publications. If I can get some help from some chums on some technical elements of it, that would be great. I do have you know, some ideas about what I would like to uh, write. I'll come back to those. Let's look at play. Let's look at play to start with. So for 2022, more play. Maybe uh, I need to learn some more languages, but if not, uh, the 5e Strad game that I'm playing now will continue for at least part of the year. We're sixth level. I've got no idea. I've got no idea. I think it's a. F I think it might be a first to tenth level game. Um, so we're after a, a goodness knows how many years of play we've been playing, but we must be most of the way through it, or at least part of the way through it. I've got. I've got no sense for how long when the sandbox will start to unravel into a final confrontation. I'm certainly enjoying playing my charismatic half-elf sorcerer, uh, offering, I, I think, well, I'd like to think I'm offering an oratorical sort of extra to the adventuring party, and, you know, the odd fireball uh, is helping too. Um, perhaps in the game I've got a complicated romance on the cards, which is quite fun to play up, um, should mix things up, and I anticipate might form part of one of the campaign endings possibly I'd, I'd love to be a player in a lot of things on my shelves <laughs> but you know but in reality I'd, I'd probably play anything with a nice group of people with a good premise uh, and an opportunity for me to drive some narrative in and out of the formal game time that's really would just do me fine really uh, I think one lesson that I have learned is to understand up front the expected game session duration so that I can understand the time commitment. And although theoretically I'll have much more time, uh, I still think that's true. I mean, no one is ever locked into a game, but you know, I'd like to be there for it, for at least the expected amount of time and accepting that this could also change in, in flight. If I could wave a magic wand, well, I mean, I can wave a magic wand, but if I, actually I can do magic, uh, I'd probably wish for a game of the One Ring Second Edition, actually, or, or, or take me off to the Twilight Imperium with Genesis when it lands during the year, if it does. It looks probable that I'll be up for more playtime once Strahd is complete, whenever that might be. So I've got some good play I'm hoping to have during the year. In terms of my GMing, well, I've mentioned my D&D 4E campaign set in Nentia Vale. I hope I get to DM some more of this, as I just want to play this game. I mean, people's real lives will affect the roster at some point, so we'll just have to see what happens there. If it were to up to me, I think I'd, I'd, I'd keep going through to 30th level, frankly. Much fun and one to remember fondly whenever it does actually wind up.
Now I expect my other RPG to run next year will be Cepheus Deluxe. It's the version of Traveller I would have blended myself and produced with a great deal of style by Stella Gamma Publishing. Uh, a digest colour book version will come out in the year, uh, which I shall certainly get. I've messed about with some of the preparation for creating my own setting to run the game in. Mostly this is looking for effects with particular content creation sites and tools. It, it actually needs some full-on writing before I'm ready to go with this in play. Um, I've got half an eye, half an eye to a publication of the Eventide subsector out of the back of it. We'll just have to see. But yeah, certainly my running uh, of games, well, there's plenty there. I mean, I'd happily pull out swathes of the library to create some actual play. Uh, and the conventions will help to encourage that. As a point in time, there are some games that are grabbing more of my attention as viable session makers. So just to give you a quick list of what's on my list. What's on yours, by the way? Where are you up to for 2022? Well, tell me. I mean, for me... Dramagul. The what, you think? Well, it's a series of one-shots in the ancient city for my new tripod system, which is the uh, traits and pulls of dice. I'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. Um, I would like to run some more of that, probably probably at conventions. Uh, I've kick-started Carved in Stone. It's a short campaign in the uh, early medieval period of the Picts. So it's in Pictland. And for that, you know, any number of really really good games could be used as an engine for that i'm currently looking at mithras but there's keltia i've got keltia on my uh, list as well i played a lot of really nice yggdrasil back in the day keltia might be very good for that so some carved in stone off to pickland yeah maybe stone top now it's a kickstarter at the moment it hasn't quite come through the kickstart process yet it hasn't been quite fulfilled it's a community-based hearth fantasy using this lovingly put but put together PBTA game. Looks really good. I can't help thinking that might get some play. Maybe on Foundry, actually. Embers of the Imperium, which is a Genesis space opera set in the Twilight Imperium universe. That is really tempting. I can see that being both purchased and played. One for me. Do you remember Heavy Gear? Do you? 1990s, DreamPod 9, Silhouette Game System, Canadian Company. Well, the fourth edition is in, I think it's an open beta or closed beta. It's in some kind of beta. When that does open, no, I think it's in closed beta. I think when it opens up, I will be there. And then, to be honest, off we go to Terra Nova. I like the look of what they're doing with it. I hope that comes to fruition. If it does, I'll be there with them and playing some heavy gear. I didn't think I'd be saying that anytime soon. There we are. It's come back. Forbidden Lands and those offshoot expansion modules lovingly rendered in the foundry. Maybe, just maybe some gritty, gruelling, you know, out in the wilderness games of Forbidden Lands might yet take place. And I think finally, for me, Hostile. Yes, that yeah, it's a ready-cooked setting for Cepheus Engine and a chance to play grim and industrial science fiction of the 1980s. <laughs> you know, in my youth. And I sort of hesitate with that one as the more hope-laden, eventide 
Cepheus Deluxe game might keep my spirits up better through the current difficult times. Still, Hostile looks fantastic. So there's my kind of list of current frontrunners of games that are really grabbing my attention. I have to say, Revelation, our Powered by the Apocalypse convention, is coming at the end of February, and it is going to be face-to-face. And one and the game I'm running there is is, is none of those, uh, as it happens. Carved uh, uh, stone top isn't quite with us yet, but I'm thinking of running Tribes in the Dark, which is another Dream Pod Nine game of my youth in the '90s, and that's Tribe Eight. Wonderful setting uh, again, set in well, actually, it's set in like a post-apocalyptic, well, Montreal actually. Um, lovely game. Of the time again silhouette system this is forged in the dark this is coming back as well uh, i'm i'm all over that i'm looking forward to that so i'm going to run some my, my first ever forged in the dark hope that goes okay lots of play and lots of gming to come with a whole range of systems what's your list like and i wonder i wonder what i wonder where i'll end up how many of those will actually see the light of day and I've said it here first, haven't I? So, well, we'll just have to see, won't we? Well, we will. We will. So I think um, on to virtual tabletops just for a moment. I did say I'd mention them. And this is sort of two years of intensive virtual tabletop play, you know, uh, reflection, really. And I have, as I say, solidified for me down to roughly two the Roll Virtual Tabletop, which is which majors on you know, audio visuals, sort of video conferencing, slick, simple, intuitive tools, um, non-programmatic sheet creation. So you can create sheets for most games. There are some there are some limitations to it. It doesn't quite let you do everything that you would want it to do because the dice are not all there. As in, it doesn't have it has fate dice, fudge dice. It doesn't have the Genesis or the Fantasy Flight Games style dice or indeed others. And it doesn't allow you to sort of group and count successes in a way that some dice pool games would do it. But you can visualise it. You can eyeball it, um, at least for sort of D6 and D10 based dice pool games. But other than that, actually, it does let you build uh, amazing sheets and great tools, great system. It's got a big future and that is probably my premium and core virtual tabletop. The question I probably need to ask is um, what I do with Foundry. Foundry is, for me, I think one of the, it probably is the best virtual tabletop with integration, deep integration into systems. Uh, I like the way it works. It has got just the right number of tools and it is just the right intuitive end for me in terms of the interface. It wins for me over, personally anyway, for uh, with Roll20 and probably Fantasy Grounds as well. Um, so it's the, it's the other big one. What I need to decide is what I'm going to do with it. Um, if I'm going to predominantly be playing on Roll, what do I do with Foundry? There's a very good module for... Uh, Cepheus Deluxe on uh, Foundry and if I go back to do some more Pathfinder 2nd edition you you could not not use Foundry it's got a, a brilliant module on there you can auto import PDFs it, it, it lets you do offline character generation and import them 
into Foundry. It's an amazing set of tools. And there are other great systems out there as well. I think if there's a really good system implementation, I would look at Foundry. The I've, I've bought Foundry, and once you bought it, you bought it. You know, it's one of those things. It doesn't have a subscription module in that sense. However, I do host it with a dedicated hosting company that looks after Foundry hosting, and that's The Forge. And The Forge just takes all the heartache of sort of building it yourself and running it through your own network and just hosts it. And I've got my subscription coming up in March. First of March, in fact. So I need to decide what I'm doing with that pretty sharpish. My current feeling is is that as I'm still heading into the tail end of my <laughs> earned employment, I might well treat myself to a further year of Forge hosting and see how I go with it rather than kind of block my opportunities there. So, interesting. My third one, I said I fundamentally got two. There is a third one, and that's the Let's Roll virtual tabletop, which is just coming out of, or it's just, it's just. I think, I think the open beta for that has started with it. And I did back it. I started with the Let's Roll virtual tabletop right at the very beginning of my play using um, Pathfinder 2nd Edition. I'm not a coder, so I couldn't code the sheets on the system. I did have a go, but I just simply couldn't do it. So I used their generic sheet, um, which is kind of okay. It means you can pretty much put any ability you want on a sheet and it automates a dice roll for you. So it kind of does the job. It doesn't look as pretty as the sheets that are constructed for the game. But it looks nice. It's very intuitive. It plays quite nicely. It doesn't have audio visuals integrated into it, though. And I like to have some sort of integrated audio visuals, which is why Roll really works for me. Um, obviously, you can run Discord for your audio visuals and have the cameras on. Do I do I stick with Let's Roll? I did back the development of it, I said, in the Kickstarter for it to say thank you, really, for all the good times that I've enjoyed using it. If I could have a more deciphered sheet builder it would have got a lot more use in the tandem with discord it's a back burner option i'm going to say it's a back burner option i have it now it's free i've got lots of skins for it and bits and pieces will i make use of it it's there if i want to so i yeah I'm, even now i'm i'm still kind of partly considering you can certainly write uh, dice macros for it really easily so you can do all your sort of dice pool stuff with it it might be a good one. Might be a good one for, for tripod. One to look at. I've got three virtual tabletops. Really, I should only need one. And I don't think for now any one predominates so much that I can simply dispense with the others. I'm, I'm not sure what, how, how are you finding your virtual desktops. Perhaps, as with most, you're just comfortable with Roll20 and you're going to go with that. Well, more power to you. Maybe you're happy with just a bit of Discord. Uh, and not worry about all that and use the online sort of bots and dice rollers on Discord. There's any number of options available to you, including just having cameras on and rolling physical dice. You know, that, that, that also, quite frankly, works. I've just got used to some of the extra capabilities that come with these, uh, some of the automation. Even at a low level, which you do get with roll, um, worth having, I think. And I'm going to use them some more. So I will go with, come with me, come with me on a virtual tabletop journey this year. Let's see how they evolve and develop and let's see how we find them. I'll certainly let you know what I think. I have no idea if face-to-face -face conventions will 
really be a thing from April? I'm going to say it's looking increasingly possible, so I, I may have to sort of eat my words uh, later in the year. But from my perspective, as we're going, as the narrative is switching from pandemic to endemic, I think it's looking possible. And I've enjoyed the, the online convention experience. So, you know, I'm going to do that anyway. And some more Confer 4th edition D&D play online is likely. And online convention play also has the advantage again of broadening and easing access and therefore the ability to play with a wider range of people. But I would like to get out and about if possible. And certainly from April when I'm retired, um, I'm going to, I'm considering doing something I'm going to call the Grand Processional. Yes, indeed. I'm going to do the, I'm going to just basically stomp around as many conventions as I feel I can afford and just enjoy the experience of meeting gamers out in the country if it's possible and if it's safe. And I've got a few in mind. I mean, I do run some, so I'll, I'll probably go to my own. Um, but, you know, there are so many other good ones out there. For me, uh, so Revelation is coming in February, uh, end of February. It's it's looking to be face-to-face so far. I'm all booked for that. And I'm looking forward to some Powered by the Apocalypse games with some great gamers uh, and some really good times. Seven Hills is a is another garrison convention that, that has been running online. I don't yet know if that's on and if it is on what it's going to be. But I will do some some of the liaison work on that, and I hope that happens. So I'm I'm, I'm bated breath for Seven Hills. I'm I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. Um, North Star. North Star is another one of our conventions. It's a science fiction convention. Again, it takes place at the Garrison Hotel. That's very much on. Really looking forward to that. Um, all sorts of games I'd like to run there. Probably Cepheus Deluxe, actually, amongst others. No surprises there. So North Star. I don't know for sure but I'd, I'm sort of hoping that Travcon which is the traveller convention that does take place in the country might take place this this year somehow I'll get to meet some people that I don't normally get to see I'm hoping Travcon happens if it happens I'm there UK Games Expo is our big one it's you know thousands upon thousands of people attend it's at the, the uh, National Exhibition Centre the NEC I do go to that. I didn't go to it last year, even though it was, I think, face to face last year. I didn't. I didn't go. Uh, I certainly can't afford to go in the hotels because they get booked up quite quickly, and the the rate, the room rate for the hotels, really makes it unsustainable for me as a convention to go to. But but Airbnbs around the edges, I can get to. I'm hoping to go to UK Games Expo this year. This is also the year, I think it's every other year still, Continuum. Continuum is a, an old favourite, lots of good friends at Continuum. A special place for me, it's in Oadby, Leicester. Uh, I grew up in Oadby, Leicester, in the Hall of Residence, across the road from the Hall of Residence in which the convention is held. And a couple of years ago, when I when we were planning to go, is it two or is it three <laughs> don't know now uh, some time ago I was planning to go to Continuum and I actually booked a room in what was at the time my family home in the other hall of residence it's literally across the road from where the convention is if I can manage to do that again in fact I must try and sort that out that would be just so amazing maybe I'll be sleeping I mean it worked the just to explain my dad worked 
in the hall of residence he was the he was the sort of one of the managers there uh, particularly around catering and uh, we, had, we had our own little house uh, the uh, it actually was Stamford Hall and it's since you know, been morphed into a, a sort of more generic accommodation rather than a family home it was a family home at the time um, th- at the time being I'm going to say si- late 60s I was there late 60s yeah really really powerful powerful memories that I still have of that place despite the fact we're talking late 60s it, it really does hold a special place for me so love the convention but I just love the connection with my past that I might get there continuum looking forward to that fingers crossed or that they're all crossed actually grog meat grog meat is well wonderful I mean I've never been I've just heard about it and the sort of amazing folk that go it's it's almost tempting it's one of those conventions where I think the challenge is to run one of the older games um, you know, a game is of a game of our past. You know, flip out an FGU game. Surely, you know, an FGU game has got to happen there, or something like that. I don't know. Or maybe I'll get to run um, some sort of traveller like Cepheus Deluxe. I think sort of later versions of earlier games are also quote unquote allowed. Um, I don't think he's. Got, I don't think anyone from the Grog Meat organisation is going to block you for running something a bit new. But. Um, you want to go with the uh, you want to go with the flow with that, so maybe that, or maybe try and run some space opera, just for a laugh. <laughs> anyway, so grog meat. I hope to hope to do grog meat. Albert and the Wizard Staff. That's a lovely little convention which I'm, I always look on, wistfully, and 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 never go. Well, this year I'm going to have a go about going. Uh, Lemmington Spa. Never been. Have I? Maybe I have been and I've forgotten it. I don't know. Anyway, Albert and the Wizard Staff. And then I've got our own, uh, my own, or my, m- me and me mate's own furnace, which will run it in October. And finally, quote unquote, the big one in London, which is Dragon Meat. And I didn't go this year. I wanted to go, but I just, I just, I just couldn't. It just wasn't the right time. And it wasn't quite the right time in the pandemic for me either. It was think i think omicron had just sort of blown up and i, I don't know the, the whole thing just felt like a no-no to me so i ended up not going but i wanted to go well this year i'd like to go so that's one two three four five six seven eight if i go to those that's nine conventions nine in the year will i make nine i don't know but if i do that's the grand processional and do expect on the podcast, at the very least, some reportage of these very fine, fine conventions and what I have found there and what I have experienced. Are you getting out to some conventions, maybe to some face-to-face conventions this year? What are your plans? What do you hope to do? What's your fave? What are you looking for? Do do let me know, and I'll I'll keep burbling about what I find on the Grand Processional. And so to kind of round off my, I don't know, my sort of look ahead to 2022, I want to finish with a bit of writing. Yeah, I do I do write things occasionally. I, I spend a lot of my work writing, and so I don't often have the creative and mental energy to do a lot of game, game writing, or at least sort of formal game writing, publishable game writing, I suppose, is what I'm talking about. And I do have a few projects that I'd like to get out there so I thought I'd probably at least mention them here 
set myself, I suppose, some targets. That I, there's a couple that I'd like to get done this year. Let's see. So first up for my writing would be to get Tripod Essence out of the door. The game is fully written. Uh, it's, not, it's not a big game. It's a narrative game framework. It used to be called Wordplay. You may know it as that. <laughs> There's just a vague chance you might have heard of it. It's fully written, as I say. It's languishing in layouts, and this needs some just some technical attention to help me get through the layout bit of what I need it to get done. Uh, if plans don't align in where how I hope it's going to get laid out, I'll just have to get the layout done as best I can. If I can continue to be, you know, too slow in publisher, you know, I'll, I'll find another way. Affinity Publisher is relatively straightforward. I do have it on my desktop. I need to get better at it. Um, maybe this is the way to do it. If not, a way will be found. It's written. It's ready to go, and I'm, you know, playing it and loving it. So it, it'd be good to get that out as a as, as a book for people to have a look at. Link to that is, I've mentioned it before, I think, in the podcast already today, which is Dramagool City on the Edge of Nowhere. It's 70% written. So this is a setting for Tripod, Traits in Pools of Dice. I will talk a bit, a bit more about Tripod, I think, in another podcast. It's it's a nice sort of Gormenghast, Mervyn Peake sort of style, big city. Got to get the writing done on that and work out how to get this complete setting in fact i think it's going to be a setting with with actually the game rules in it as well a complete book i'm sharing the joy of this with paul mitchener dr mitch we have sort of co-created a little bit on this one i i want to get that extra 30 percent of words down on that and then start to think about how we approach getting that uh, out as a published uh, and illustrated book those two are if you like in my my definitely would like to see happens but there are some more eventide so i've mentioned eventide it's a subsector it's a cepheus deluxe subsector for some traveler inspired space opera i've done some of this i've done some setting setting thinking around this again i need to get this laid out well, i need to get it written actually and then laid out as a small you know maybe a six by nine book uh, and i just put it out there uh, as a setting and I'd like that to be the setting that I run using Cepheus Deluxe this year. So maybe a bit of both, a bit of writing for a game, maybe for a book, bring that together into a small book and off it goes. Another one I've sort of played with, and this is sort of a bit more fringe. If I can get those three done in the year, well, I'd be, I'd be ecstatic. Heroes of High Fantasy, writing mostly for self-use possible extension to a publication is an adaptation of sword of cepheus to a high fantasy setting so it will draw on cepheus deluxe and probably the srd for for, for some spells for maybe from 5e or something blend in some 4e powers to uh, for extended talents and we have a you know a simple and sleek fantasy game um i do have notes i, I tell you that now um would it turn into a book less likely but into a sort of playable, playtestable kind of a, a game. Maybe, maybe. That's my writing. So, I mean, you know, I, I see myself, you know, fre frequenting coffee shops with a small sort of, you know, notebook or something and sort of tapping away, you know, lovingly creating, uh, you know, tabletop RPG books while, 
drinking, you know, Americanos with milk and, you know, bits of cake. Um, yeah, it could be absolutely enormous by the end of this year. <laughs> At this rate, sitting around with cake is almost as bad as sitting around sort of writing emails. Who knows? Anyway, that's my writing. And that is my last section on my 2022 review. But now, off to the outro to say ta-ta. Well, there we are. A fairly predictive rattle through 2022. Slight look back at the gaming achieved <laughs> in 2021. Um, a full, a fulsome year, hopefully, of gaming for me for this coming year and indeed on this podcast. I hope you stick around and find this interesting. I'm really interested in how you're getting on and what's going with you. Certainly leave me a message if you wish. And uh, yeah, much more to come. So 2022, I think a really good year ahead of gaming. All the very, very best to you and uh, whatever happens for you in 2022. And as for gaming, well, I hope you get to have a really great gaming year in 2022 as well. And uh, well, let's just see how we go, shall we? All the best. <laughs>